into our business wrap now and I'm joined on the line by yeah, my good friend Pinda Mangoloti. Pinda? Pinda? Yes, I'm going to Ah, no, very well, thank you, man. Pinda, let's maybe start off here uh, with um, uh, the uh, president, uh, Cyril Ramaphosa. Uh, we know he was in uh, Japan today for that uh, international conference on uh, African development and, uh, of course, also got an opportunity to go and uh, do some test driving at uh, the uh, Nissan, uh, I guess, uh, auto factory there, driving a self-driving car. Uh, but, um, you know, class stronger investment drive, yeah. Okay. Um, how crucial is Japan to uh, our investment and economic fortunes? Um, very crucial. Um, in fact, um, there's, a, there's a stat um, which showed that um, SAN Japan or, or rather, FA actually runs a um, a trade surplus with Japan um, between Jan of this year and March. Um, we had exported about 14.5 or 14.7 billion rands worth um, of our goods and imported about 9 billion. Pinda? That, oh, yeah. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, I missed uh, the last part of what you were saying there. So we'd uh, exported uh, just around 9 billion, you say? Um, yeah, what, whether we imported around about nine billion yes. and exported about fourteen plus billion rand. Wow. Okay. And uh, you know, when we look, I guess in particular at uh, Nissan, uh, certainly a crucial cog in our own automotive sector here, a sector that uh, we've uh, certainly showered with extensive policy support. Uh, you think about that uh, automotive development program uh, administered by the Department of Trade and Industry. Um, and uh, I guess the impact that that has had on investment in the sector and uh, uh, Nissan certainly having a, a very strong relationship uh, with our state and, of course, with some of those uh, policy support tools. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I think as, uh, as late as, uh, I think, uh, April this year, um, we, um, Nissan further committed about three or four billion rand um, in terms of um, uh, a plant in Pretoria where the Nissan Navara from 2020 will be produced locally um, for the South African market and also the, the continent as well as the Middle East. Right. So um, Nissan uh, continues to be a, um, an, an important investment for, um, for SA, um, given its history. Um, and despite some of the uh, manufacturers who have actually left um, the country, um, but they continue to show um, uh, continue to show support mm. and uh, and the drive that um, the the president is doing that side. I mean, actually speaks to that. Because we know also that uh, you know Numsa is engaged in uh, talks with some of the employers there uh, of Ford, on Nissan, VW, and uh, uh, the likes of Isuzu there in the Eastern Cape as well. Um, uh, that would have uh, certainly weighed heavily on uh, 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 certainly some of the things Sir Ramaphosa would have spoken about there. He was also uh, alongside the likes of Smats Ngonyama and uh, even uh, the uh, Minister of uh, Trade and Industry and Economic Development, uh, uh, Ibrahim Patel. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you if you if you if one reads uh, or listens to to some of the concerns from um, your offshore investors when it comes to our labour market, um, that specifically around um, specifically around um, the, the the unions and and also at times um, we would have um, um, strikes or unrest um, because of uh, disputes between um, the, the, the car manufacturers or, or the unions and that particular 
uh, in that particular company. Um, look, it is it is um, it, it it is important. Right? It is something that um, that um, investors would love to get a handle on before they can commit anything. However, um, I mean, our labour market is 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 such that um, we, or rather, the unions, um, they're trying to um, stand up for our brothers and sisters in terms of um, seeing that as much as we produce. Um, for that particular company, mm. uh, we are equally compensated sure. for that. Okay. Uh, and also trying to um, keep a lot of what, um, mm. unfortunately, globally, it's a global sure. phenomenon. Pinda, it's, only, it's not only in South Africa. I yeah. want us to pause there for a second and we'll come back on the other side of the spot break. Eight minutes it is uh, now before uh, 8 p.m. And uh, we are in our business wrap and I'm joined by uh, Pinda Mangoloti, Head of Trading at uh, Merit Securities. Now, Pinda, you were making the point earlier on, of course, about uh, the role that uh, the uh, unions uh, have there in uh, protecting the uh, working conditions of uh, many working people there. Uh, Let's maybe complete that point uh, before we take a look at uh, that uh, disposal of ESCOM finance. Um, so basically, what needs to be what needs to happen is there needs to be a balance, right, in terms of what the company produces and also what then the employees get compensated. Um, if there is if there is evidence um, of that employees are being exploited, right, unfortunately, we will see that. And the reason there's the reason why there are unions to actually protect that. And um, if we if we maintain a stable labour market. And that's where we're going to attract more investments into the country. Mm-hmm. And uh, let's maybe shift our attention just briefly here from the auto sector. Uh, or before we do that, uh, Pinda, I mean, I guess the the yeah. other part of Cyril uh, uh, Ramaphosa's visit there is around uh, extending that charm offensive to uh, some of the business owners uh, in Japan uh, to attract the kind of investment that has uh, certainly been part and parcel of his investment drive uh, 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 for the last 18 months or so. Yeah, that's correct. Um, again, uh, uh, the the Tumamina campaign never stops, right? All right, so um, look, it's it. Uh, I think from 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 day one, um, especially um, post the elections, um, and also continuing to the drive that we saw last year, uh, the president has always has been out there in terms of um, selling SA as an investment destination um, and trying to diversify those investments. Um, as, as much as we can, um, especially in a uh, in, in a time of um, trade um, of trade tensions, where now we see some of the other players that we that we trade with directly, um, i.e. China, we see now demand coming down that will affect us. However, if we continue on this path, where we we have roadshows to Japan, we have roadshows to other countries or to other continents. That actually, for me, um, it, what it does, it diversifies uh, the investment that will be coming through to the country, mm. uh, and also making sure that we are somewhat shielded uh, from the economic shocks which are going to unfold or are unfolding um, as the trade tensions between the U.S. and China continue. Yeah, yeah. Let's uh, shift our attention there and take a look at ESCOM, which uh, for the longest time has... Uh, I guess, decided to go on a a sort of a spree of asset disposals here to try and, uh, I guess, balance out and pay off some debt. And uh, they also now set to sell their lending operation, ESCOM Finance, with a loan book of around 10 billion rand or so. It's not the first time I'm hearing this particular story. Uh, And uh, I'm quite surprised that it's back in the news wires. Uh, What's happened now? Um, So... Um, Escom Finance um, uh, Company, 
um, started back in 1990, as you said in your intro, mm. with um, almost a sole mandate, basically, to um, to advance loans to its employees in terms of uh, in terms of um, acquiring houses, uh, and also some of the or part of that mandate, basically, also educating them about um, about you know such loans or or, or finances. So since 1990 to up to let's uh, let's say end of financial year 2019, which I think was um, uh, what February or March this year, um, the company has lent about, um, as you said, 10 billion rand. In fact, if you look at the financial statement, it's still about eight and a half or 8.7 billion rand. So it looks like it has grown uh, from then to today. Um, so that um, you know, the, the 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 loan book or the the financing. Um, uh, arm of ESCOM has now unfortunately been held as a non-core asset um, together with other assets, specifically um, property, um, residential property, uh, which uh, the company has been trying to get rid of. Mm. Um, and with regards to the loan specifically, the process started last year and it had a timeline of um, end of financial year 2019 um, which was uh, early this year. Unfortunately, um, that um, you know that proposed sale of that uh, of that loan book didn't go through. Sure. Uh, and according to the company's explanation, is that the process that they had followed in terms of attracting buyers um, for that particular asset um, didn't yield the you know the desired results. Uh, and now they are reviewing the process that I had followed last year um, to make sure that by end of 20, uh, 2020, so or rather March 2020, that they have successfully gotten, gotten rid of, uh, of of that loan book. Um, look, there's, there's, there's something that I would have loved to get my eye on, specifically the, the process that they followed. Because remember, if we're talking about a loan book, mm. um, one a potential buyer, you would look at um, you would look at the quality of the loans that are issued. You would look at um, the rates which were afforded to these particular employees. You would look at non-performing loans if there are any, uh, so that you'll be able to assess um, you know the risks and also how much you would have to put aside for those non-performing loans. So if the book um, is not as rosy as ESCOM was advertising, then that could be one of the reasons why uh, potential buyers um, did not um, bike at that particular marketing drive. Now, uh, the other story I want us to take a look at, uh, and I guess, you know, that particular ESCOM story uh, will continue. We've also heard all manner of plants are going to be sold as well alongside the properties and uh, the uh, financing house and uh, the big question is you know how much of that fat can you cut and uh, uh, before you start getting to the bone and uh, what is that going to mean for some of the uh, employees there and only time will tell but uh, I want us maybe to pause there for a second Pinda and uh, take a listen uh, to uh, these two clips here uh, coming from the National Treasury uh, this afternoon and I'd love to hear your views on the other side and whether or not you had an opportunity to take a look at uh, that uh, uh, paper they released which we're going to be discussing tomorrow here on Metro FM Talk. Pinda, yeah. what do you think, man? What do you think? Did you get a chance to read through that 77-page uh, document that the National Treasury shared yesterday? Only in 77 pages. <laughs> At least the executive <laughs> At least, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yes, yes. Uh, I did get to 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 read. Um, not sure. all the do- or not all of the um, the document in its entirety. Um, but uh, look, I the, the sense that I'm getting um, from you know from uh, other market watchers as well, or 
other analysts out there is that um, this is a, 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 a blueprint which um, also has a timeline to it. And not only just a blueprint, it basically points out exactly what we need to target uh, and we need to target it now. Because if you if you look at the, both the short term, uh, medium and long term um, objectives of these combined, these would add something like 2.3 percent to our GDP. I mean, if you look at what our GDP for 2019 is uh, is forecasted to grow at 0.6 percent, that's 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 a, that's a massive growth. Mm. But Pinda, uh, so, but I think yes. Pinda, I mean, much of you know that that 3.2 billion rand and uh, the percentage growth and uh, how much was it there? A million jobs, I think. Um, you know, yeah, all right. of those things really one would think are contingent on the resolution of some of the political issues here. Uh, and one gets a sense that uh, I guess the national treasury has gone out here on a limb, and uh, you know in many ways, put out their own ideas. And uh, I was saying that I commend and I appreciate that. But uh, from yeah. a political perspective, I can already see them on a collision course, for instance, with the DTI, uh, on the issues uh, that they've raised around the IPAP. Um, and even with some of the other line departments, uh, you know, like the Department of Transport, who would say, you know, why are you now sort of uh, trying to, I guess, go into our, our own turf? Um, and uh, it makes it very difficult to, to think whether or not the, the political kind of, uh, I guess, concessions and the political uh, agreements are going to be in place so that the implementation on some of these things, even on the ones where there is agreement, uh, whether or not that is going to happen. Yeah, um, I guess it was always going to come to that, right, in terms of the political will to get these things off the ground. Um, For me, uh, because there is a comparison to, uh, to the NDP, which was um, what's later back in 2012. Mm. Uh, for me, for me, there's a huge difference uh, in terms of um, the, the, the the political will uh, from 2012 um, to um, post the elections. Now there is now a a, a sense um, that things need to be done. Um, we are now doing away with dragging our feet um, and, and, and and trying to sort of like. Um, I don't know, Rob, um, Aya's ego before he goes ahead with that. Right? And hence, this document was sort of was put up there. Mm. Um, whether they, whether there's, uh, you know, somebody who somebody is going to um, is going to object to that. But the the the, the plan is out there, right? and that the the, the department um, that have the will to push it, right? they will do that. And then the other ones will unfortunately need to be dragged in because if if if, if one sees that um, if one sees that one part of this vehicle is moving um, mm. without you, uh, there would be that pressure. There needs to be that pressure politically that you need to you have a mandate uh, in terms of being X, Y, and Z for the greater good of um, or, or, of or, of the republic. Uh, so for me. For me, politically, um, yes, there's going to be those um, those um, hindrances. Um, however, there is that sort of like um, system the table um, type of vibe, um, if I may, mm. um, that we need to get things going because um, the economy is not waiting for us. It is almost on a quarterly basis um, stepping backwards. High high unemployment rate um, is coming up, and there is a, you know there, there is a possibility that we could be downgraded um, by the last uh, by the last rating agency that has us on an investment uh, on investment grade. So all of those things, um, if they do not 
if they do not put pressure uh, on the on the politicians that we've elected, um, I don't I don't know what else will. Mm-hmm. Right? And certainly, and certainly from uh, from a public point of view, um, uh, I think we've just about had enough in terms of the infighting as opposed to getting on with the work um, that is going to see the country prosper. Going, going forward. Yeah, yeah. Pinda, we'll uh, have to leave it there. Unfortunately, we have run out of time, but really, as always, appreciate your insights uh, and uh, you coming to share those with us here on Metro FM Talk. Uh, that there was uh, Pinda Mangoloti, the head of trading at uh, Merit Security, speaking to us about the big uh, pieces of news that uh, were moving markets on this Wednesday as part of our business wrap.